We're going to start from three lines from the bottom, Kuflam and We're discussing still the subject of oil, of uh, putting up something which could be considered a tent, and therefore will be an Isser of Boinamid Rabbanon mainly. That's what we're going to discuss over here. Omar Rav Mishum Rav said in the name of Rabbi Chia, Vilain, a curtain, Mutter Lintosi, you're allowed to put it up, or Mutter Lafarki, you're allowed to remove it. Why? Because, as Rashi, because it's not a roof, it's a wall, and a wall is not called an oil. It's obviously not a permanent wall, you're not building, you're just putting up some sort of a curtain, and it's not serving as a halachic wall, it's not separating between two things, it needs separation. So it's not considered a building, it's not similar to a building, and therefore it's fine to put up a curtain on Shams. Vamar Shmuel Mishum Kilas Chasanim, a canopy that was made for Chasanim, Mutar Lintoiso Mutar Leforko, you're allowed to put it up and take it down on Shabbos. Now, what's the difference between a Chasan's canopy and a regular canopy? So Rashi explains a regular canopy was put up on four poles. So it was like a roof. A chassan's canopy was like a tent, was in a tri- triangle, and therefore it's not considered an oil. Other Rishonim, but down to the Shulchan Aruch, and Al Terebe Shulchan Aruch say that when we said earlier a canopy is a problem or a talus on a stick is a problem, it's even talking about when it's like a tent. And that's because that if you would put it as a, as a, as a steady thing, that would be a problem. Uh, Chassan's canopy was pre-organized before Shabbos. It wasn't, you weren't putting up a new thing. It already, I guess, had the structure in order that you just have to put on top of that. You had everything set up. And besides, besides the fact that it was with the string, but it was everything was set up already before Shabbos. It was built in a way and built in a place. It was everything set up in the right place in the right way in order to put it out on Shamus. And therefore, since it's not a steady tent, it's a it's, it's without a tefach, as we'll see, without a without a tefach roof, and it was set up before Shamus, therefore it's not a problem of an oil, even with the rabbon, and there's no gzeir of putting it up. So it's not just the fact that it's not as flat roof, but also the fact that it was built in already before and you're just spreading it out therefore it's allowed in chance when do we say that you're allowed to put up this chosen's canopy if there's no flat surface in the roof a tefach if one tefach is flat even if the rest is going down in an angle one tefach is already enough to be considered an oil. Asura, it's a problem. If it does not have a tefach within a flat tefach on its roof, we also don't always say that it's okay. It has to be that the angle, the way this tent is spread out, you won't have within three tefachim from the peak, from the top of this tent, it won't be wider tefach because three tefachim are like attached, and therefore, if within three tefachim of the top angle there's a space of a tefach, then that means as if you have a flat roof of tefach, 
It has to be that it's so narrow that even if you go down three tefachim, you still won't have a tefach wide, and then it's okay. Then it's a problem. Now this line is a bit puzzling. So Rashi explains that if you take one side of the angle, it does not spread out to tefach width. In other words, if you go to the bottom part of this canopy, it's not too tefachim wide. Now the problem is, how is a chassan going to fit? You know, he goes on a diet before he, before he gets married. So he has to be a bit slim, but this is a bit exaggerated, you know, to fit into less than two tzfachim is a bit of a project. So how could that happen? How is that exactly possible? So it's something which uh, the Rishonim are struggle with. Um, Toysus gives one explanation that there's like a few poles and it goes, it's like a wave, it's like a zigzag that the, the roof goes in and out and in each one of those parts that it goes in, it does not have two tefachim wide. But on the, the bottom, you have space that the chosn could, could settle comfortably in. Other Rishonim do not, are not good as this whole line. And that's the way it's accepted. We do not say this condition that it shouldn't have a total width of two tefachim. We, we skip this condition. We only have the first two conditions and one more as we'll see. But in the meantime, the first two conditions that it should not be flat at tefach, and you should not have within three tefachim of the, of the of the top of the peak, there shouldn't be a tefach wide. Um, so he explains why. What's the problem? Why, if on the side is a tefach wide, is a problem? Because she oyalim koyalim dom. The slanted part of the tent is also considered like the roof of the tent. Actually, in Gemara Sukkah, we say that's not the halacha. And that's also why Rishonim say that we do not accept this condition. Some In, in, in Gemara Sukkah, is whether the slanted part of an oil can also be considered an oil. There it's the kula, to make it kosher for a sukkah. And the Rishonim say that it's not. And therefore, uh, many Rishonim say we don't, that's why we don't accept this condition in this, in this Gemara we say that the site could be spread out more than two tefachim. And then another condition, when is this okay? Let's say you figured out everything. You made sure that it's so narrow that you don't have within three tefachim, you don't have a tefach wide, and it's going in an angle the whole time, but you have to make sure that at no point does it go straight. Even on the bottom of the bed. He's sitting like on a bed or whatever you call it, like a couch, a sofa. The chassan is sitting on this couch. And up until the, the seat, it's going in an angle. But if below the seat, it goes straight down. So then you have a tefach straight up. So that will make that the top part is like the roof of the straight up part. Although that's below the bed, below the chair. It's not covering him. It's not serving him. It's a space that's not being used. But since the beginning of this tent, of this canopy, is serving as a shelter, as a cover for the chassan, therefore, if at any point it goes straight, a tefach, that's a problem, even if, even if it's below the bed, even if it's below the chair. So the, the, the three conditions we accept is that there should not be any flat surface on the roof, a tefach. It should be narrow, that within three tefachim of the top, it shouldn't be a tefach wide. 
And at no point, even below the bed or below the chair, it should not be going straight for a tefach. It must be going in an angle all the way till the bottom. So it could be helpful if people want to make an invention, make some money for a sukkah during the rain. If you have these type of tents within a sukkah, uh, again, it's not very easy to follow all these conditions to make sure that within three tefachim to the top, there's no space of a tefach, and to make sure that at no point does it not go straight. But if you manage to do such a thing and it goes all the way like at an angle to the top and it's narrow on the top, within three tefachim, you don't have a tefach wide, that will be kosher to sit in the sukkah and to eat in it because it's a, it's it's not a, it's not a separate tent. It's not a separate tent. You're in the sukkah. Okay. Fine. The Omar Rav Sheishis, Ravidi, related to this subject. I mean, because it's with Rav Sheishis that spoke before. Some people say it's Rav Sheishis. Okay, because we had Rav Sheishis related Ravidi, and also it has to do a bit with the subject of oil. We're saying another halach. Hi, Siano, a felt hat. You all have that. Shari, you're allowed to wear. But we learned Siano, also you're not allowed to wear a felt hat. Loi kashir. Hodi izbe tefach. If it has a tefach beyond your head, that's a problem because it's as a, it's like protecting, it's a shelter for your for your face. If it has no tefach further than your face, then it's fine. Ask the Gemara, is that so? Whenever you have something spread out more than a tefach away from your, from your face, it's considered an oil, it's considered like a tent. Let's say, I have my towels over my head, I put in more than a tefach further than my head, that's it, it's a problem, it's an oil. Says the Hachinami de Mechayim. Okay, some people say it's not Mechayim because it's uh, originally it was never Yisur the Yiraisin. Hachinami de Asur. Are you going to tell me that it's not allowed? So in our version it says Elo. Elo means we take away, we 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 retract, we go back from this original explanation. We say another explanation. Like cash is not a question. Really, it's not a problem. A hat is a hat, and it's not considered an oil. This is Rashi's uh, Rashi's opinion. The problem of a hat, when is a felt hat okay? When is it not okay? If it's tight on your head, so now she says if you have like ropes or like a string tying it below your chin, so it's not going to fall off by the wind, then it's not a problem. If it can fall off by the wind, and then you might come to carry it. It might fly away, you come in and catch it, and you might continue four hours with it. Then it's a problem. Now, many Rishonim, including Toysavis, don't say the word Ella. And they say, no, we still keep the original problem. We still say that a felt hat that has something sticking out, or any hat that has something sticking out more than a tefach that's protecting your face is a problem of an oil. The question is if it's firm or it's floppy. Mahadik means it's firm, then it's like a tent. If it's your tablet, it's floppy. It's not going to stay a tefach spread out. You have to hold it, but it's going to fall. Since it's going to fall, it's not considered an oil, then it's fine. Now, what about our hats? So the Shechon says that if it's not, the intention is not to protect. It's just the design of the hat. If that's the design of the hat, then it's fine. If it's not intended, if it's not there in order to protect, 
Okay, there are other opinions which also say that if it's if it's bent down, then it's fine, even if it's uh, firm. But the point that it's bent down, it's not straight, it's not flat, it's not so an oil, and then it's fine. But then, what about if you have like a cap or something which is there in order to protect you from the sun? So it sounds like it's a problem. Although it says ein limchus, if someone does wear a cap, which is designed to protect from the sun or from uh, to, to protect from the sun. You do not stop him from wearing it. You don't have to, uh, you have to be moicha because Rashi's opinion is that it's okay. Rashi's opinion is that we took back this whole list and we said that a clothing, a hat is never an issue. And therefore, if someone wears it, leave him alone. But you yourself should not wear on Shabbos a hat with a, with a, uh, a cap, which has a piece sticking out, which is intended to protect you from the sun or from the rain, whatever it would be for. If it's firm, if it's not, if it's not floppy, a floppy hood is fine. But if it's firm, you should not wear it. Um, but you don't have to be someone else. But if it's not the intention, then it's fine. It's fine. There are those that do are do hold that the, even if it's not the intention, it's a problem. But they're Michael and Shabbos Davka to have a hat with no brim. Yeah, but obviously we 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 hold that it's fine since that's not the intention. Fine. Rami Bayechesko sent a message to Ravuna. easy. So I didn't have the time to check up the translation of this word. It's an expression, expression of, of uh, closeness. If someone could share with me what it says, they could share with me. Please tell me, please tell me, something good, something nice, the Amartlan that in the past you have once told us, he once told us nice things in the name of Rav. Please repeat them to me. Two of them should be in Hilcha Shamis. One of them should be a Pshat and a Posuk. Yeah. Because that was, that was the same that he always did. Or, or maybe he had three set things that he said. And he just remembered that two of them had to do with Shamis. And one of them was a Pshat and a Posuk. And he liked them very much, but he forgot them. He says, please, that subject that you said once together, you know, two halachas of Shabbos with one shot in the Torah, please repeat it to me. Shabbat So he sent it back. What did he say? One thing is like this. Hard the Tanya, that that we learned, good bekisna muter than toisa b'shamas. So we had earlier in the Gemara that a good is a problem. And actually translated that good means a type of uh, leather pouch that you fill it up with liquids with wine or with uh, milk and you put it up on a few pegs in order that it should stay fresh so there he said you're not allowed to put it up but there's a baraisa which says that if it's bekisnos and actually explains if it's set up already in other words you it's i guess it's set up but it's not lying down flat it's already tied to the pegs but you just have to like spread it out so it's already designed, prepared, in order to cover, in order to, to set up. It's not something new that you're doing. You're allowed to do it on Shabbos. That's what the Bryce says. We're only talking about if two people put it up together. But one person is a problem. What's the reason for that? So it's not exactly clear. And Ashley says that typically one person, in order for him to spread it out, he has to make it very tight. 
in order to be able to spread out. Otherwise, it's not going to hold. It's going to fall. He wants to put it from one from one peg to the other. It's going to fly. It's going to fall in. So he has to like tie, not tie it. Obviously, with a keshashenushel kayama, but to wrap it around very tight on one peg and then pull it to the other peg. And therefore, it's going to be much more similar to tent. And therefore, it's a problem. Whereas by two people, they can leave it loose and they can just spread it out. It's going to cave in a bit. It's not going to be a proper tent and it's going to stand. It's going to hold. And therefore, it's not a problem. The Ramam explains this Gemara different, and that's what he's brought on in Shulchan Aruch, actually. That we're talking about a curtain. That a curtain, you're allowed to put up a curtain, as we said earlier in Shabbos. However, it should only be done with two people, not with one person. And the Ramam explains that it's brought on in Shulchan Aruch. The reason is because if you put up with one person, in order to put it up properly, you're going to have to, at some point, spread out a tefach that it should be an oil on you. Now, the question is, what's the issue with that? If that's not your intention, if you put out a tablecloth, you don't have to worry about making a tefach spread out. A curtain, we said earlier, is not a problem. So how come we have an issue when it's spread out a tefach? So it seems like the answer is that a curtain, although we said earlier it's not an oil, but it's almost an oil. In other words, it's part of a building. It's, it's, it's a wall. It's not the roof, so it's not a problem, but it's quite similar to it. And therefore, if at any point it's spread out, a tefach, and it's covering in a tefach, although that's not your intention, it's already an issue because it's too similar to an oil. It's a curtain, it's like a wall, plus it's covering you a tefach. And therefore a curtain and a curtain only is an issue of putting it up with one person because it will definitely uh, spread out flat, a tefach. And then we have to have two people to keep it straight up the whole time in order that it shouldn't be an oil. So that's the first thing he said. Amar Abayi, says Abayi, a canopy, I guess, even the canopy that's allowed to be put out, as we said earlier, like a chosen's canopy, that's only allowed if it's already set up and you're like opening it and closing it. But actually to put it up, if it wasn't put up yet, that's a problem. Why? The whole condition before was that you don't have a tefach spread out. But if you're putting up this whole big contraption, it's going to spread out a tefach flat at some point. And therefore, it's not allowed to be put up on Shabbos. It can only be pulled down and pulled up if it's already set up in the right place, but it cannot be put up to begin with on Shabbos. He definitely is going to be stretched a bit and going to be flat a tefach. Okay, so that's number one. The number one was this good, either this pouch or this curtain, they can only put it up with two people, not with one person. Second thing that he said in the name of Rav, Mai, what is it? The tiny mountain of rice, a kira, a oven, a, a cooker, a place that they cook their pots. It typically had, it, it typically had three legs. If one of the legs fell off, Mutter the Taltle is still allowed to move it around because it could still stand in the other two legs. Stein, if two fell off, also, then it's not going to be able to stand properly. In other words, you already learned earlier that a Klisha Malachte Leiser, a Kali which serves something prohibited, you can move it around if you want to use it, if you want to have it space. But if it's not a Kali, if it's not usable, then you're not allowed to move it around. So as long as it's that only one leg fell off, it's still movable, it's still usable, and they're allowed to move it. However, if two fell off, it's not usable. That's what the Brysis says. Says Rav, 
Rav Omer, um, okay, that's a bit uh, confusing because Rav is like straight out arguing on the Brisa. So there are different versions in this Gemara. Um, um, Rashi's version is that Rav is not arguing, he's just explaining. What's the issue? What's the issue if one of the legs broke or two of the legs broke? What's the issue with that? Lechayra, usually if you could fix something after Shabbos, you're not going to throw it away because the leg broke, so it should be allowed to be moved around on Shabbos. How come over here, if it's broken, I'm not allowed to move it around on Shabbos? So either, let's say, Rav Omer, either Rav is arguing and saying that even if one leg broke, it's a problem, or Omer Rav, Rav just explains why, and the reason is, the problem is that these legs didn't break Nishmita means they fell out. Fell out means you could stick them back in. They're fixable on Shabbos. And they're fixable on Shabbos in a prohibited way. In other words, technically, I could just stick it back in. I don't have to find a new piece. I don't have to replace it. I just, but it has to be firmly stuck in. Firmly in a way that will be an issue of boina, of building. But it's doable. It's right here. The leg fell out. The hole is there. Just take it and push it in. Or take a hammer and bang it in, and you have it fixed. Whenever something is able to be fixed on Shabbos in a prohibited way, we tell you don't use it all together because we're afraid you're going to fix it. So therefore, either Rav is saying why even one leg is a problem, or Rav is explaining why if two legs fell out, it's a problem, because he might come to fix it on Shabbos. Right? Toyota. Now the third thing, which Rav said explanation in the Pasuk. Don't have a very... Uh, Shaking statement. I say the Torah should ishtakach me Yisrael. There will come a time that Torah will be forgotten from you. So first, let's see what it means, and then we'll see if we accept it. Shenemar, as it says, Hashem says in the Toichacha, in the negative thing. So there's one thing he says, Hashem will give you wondrous, uh, what do you call it? Wondrous makis, wondrous plagues, wondrous uh, wounds. Vehifla. It doesn't say what it will be. He'll give you something extra out of the regular picture. Have laws or any idea now? I don't know. If the Torah is warning with me, me with something, but it's not telling me what it is. There's a pasuk in in Yeshayu which says that I will do something wondrous to the Eden. And what does it continue? The pasuk says. The wise men will forget their wisdom. So we understand from that that it means I understand that the Pasuk is telling me Hashem will do a very strong punishment to the Yidin, which is that they will forget the Torah. Okay. A Bryce which says a similar statement, but from a different Pasuk. When the Sanhedrin moved from place to place and it came, one of the stops was in Yavna, right after the Churu was in Yavna. So they came to Yavna, which is called like a vineyard. They were like rows and rows, one around each other. So therefore it was like similar to a vineyard. They said that there will come a time that you don't forget the Torah. As it says, there will come days I'll make a hunger in the, in, on, on, in, in the, on, on the earth. 
they'll not be hungry for bread. They'll eat some They won't be thirsty for water. They'll be hungry and thirsty to hear the words of Hashem. They'll go from one seat to the other. From the north to the east. They're going to wander around. They're going to search. They want to find Hashem's word. It's not just that they'll be thirsty and hungry. But they're going to be searching, but they're not going to find it. Now, what is this word of Hashem that they're not going to find? The word of Hashem refers to three things. They'll be thirsty and want to know the clear halacha, and they won't be able to figure it out. It also refers to the reason why it's called halacha, because it says um, that Moshe told the Eden, I came to tell you the words of Hashem, which means the mitzvahs, the halacha, so we know that the words of Hashem are halacha. Hashem's words mean when Mashiach is going to come. There's a posik uh, regarding the second Misa Mignash that says that the Dvar Hashem is at the deadline when, when the Misa Mignash was meant to be built, it's called Dvar Hashem. So you know the Dvar Hashem refers to the end of a Golos. So Dvar, we're going to search for the Dvar Hashem to find out when's the end of our Golos. And Dvar Hashem zu Dvar Hashem always refers to Nevuah. It's called the, the words of Hashem. So they're going to want to find halacha, a clear halacha. They want, they're going to want to know when Mashiach comes, and they're going to want to find the Vua, and they're not going to find any of them. What does it mean they're going to search to find out halacha? Let's focus on the halacha part. What won't they know? So what does it mean that the Torah will be forgotten? It doesn't mean the Torah entirely will be forgotten. It means certain things will be forgotten. What is that? Amru, they said like this. I see that Isha, there will come a time that a woman will walk around. She'll take a loaf of bread of Truma. She will want to know if it's Tommy or Torah. Basically, what would happen is that a, a creature, a sheriff, will fall into the oven and it didn't touch the loaf of bread. And she's not sure is this loaf of bread Tommy or Torah? They maybe no one will know to answer her. It says clearly that if there will be in the the if the tumor falls in to, 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 to an oven, then any food that's in the oven is stomach. It's a posik. Tayrishibiksam will not be forgotten. When it says Torah will be forgotten, it doesn't refer to Torah Shemiksam. Torah Shemiksam is written, it's always there. So that they'll know. And law says the Gemara, lay They won't know what level of tumor is it. In other words, the question is like this. The keli becomes tummy, although the creature did not touch the keli. That's the rule that if a creature, one of the eight shrots and falls in, to an oven, even if it doesn't touch the oven, as long as it's in its space, it makes the oven tummy. Now, logically, you would say, why is that? Because it's as if, when it comes into its space, it fills the entire oven. If it fills the entire oven, it should be as if it's touching the bread in the oven. If it's as if it's touching the bread in the oven, the creature, the sheretz, is an ava tumma, the source of tumma, and therefore the bread should be a rishin the tumma, should be the first category, first level, of a recipient of 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 of, 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 of tumma. The halach is not like that. The halach is that it's it says it just makes the oven tummy, and then the oven is touching the bread, 
And therefore the bread becomes tummy from the oven and therefore it's a second category of tum, of lada tum. So they won't know that. They'll be confused with that. They'll forget this halacha that it's not as if it's filling the oven and therefore they won't know if it's rishin or shing. Says the Gemara, how could that be? Hornami masnisini, it's a clear mission. And as most Rishonim learn, I think uh, Rishonim learn that basically it's saying Mishnahis won't either be forgotten. They'll know Mishnahis. And if it's a clear mission, if the creature is in the oven, the bread is a second category of Tumah. The oven becomes the first level of Tumah, and then it passes it on to the, to the bread. So how will they have a question in that? So what are you right? They won't have a question in the halacha. They won't understand it. And if they won't understand it, it'll be a very unclear halacha. They'll have a question. And they won't have an answer. And because of that, they'll be very confused and unsettled with the Salah. What will be the question? Ravad, the son of Ava, asked once Rav, and he asked, why don't they look at it? Hi, Tanura, this oven, as if the Tumah is filling it. With the Ami, and therefore the bread should be considered the first category of Tumah. We don't say we don't consider it as if it's filled with the tumor. The time as we see in a brisa, it says, I would think that a utensil which is found within a oven or any other uh, earthenware keli will become tummy if the sheds fell into the keli. The rule is that a keli can only become tummy directly from the source of tumah. It doesn't become tummy from food, which is a rishon of tumah, which received, which is a which is a recipient of of uh, of tumah, and therefore the or or from a keli which received tumah, and therefore if a, if a creature falls into an oven or into a barrel, and you have other utensils in this barrel, those utensils are torn. Which that tells me that we don't look at it, in other words, like this, if we only know the halacha of the bread, we have a question. If it became Tomei, I would imagine it's because the tumor is spreading all over, so why is it a second category? It should be first category. Once we find the b'raisa, which tells me the kingdom are not Tomei, oh, now I get it. It's not spreading. It's just making the klicheres Tomei, and that's passing it on to the food. Okay, now it makes sense. But they will forget this b'raisa. And since they will forget this Vraisa, they will not understand how come it's a second category of Tuma. And therefore, since they will forget the reasoning, it will be very unclear by them. Or they might even forget the Allah each time. Like, looking back, you know, whenever you have Allah which doesn't really sit by you, then each time it's like, check it up again because it didn't really sit. The time you went in a Vraisa, I would think that, that utensils also become Tuma from a only food becomes tummy. And it's not a clear posuk. In the posuk, you might say that it's just bringing examples. And therefore, although they will remember the psukim, they will not come to this obvious conclusion. But the Baraisa clearly says that that's what the Pasuk is telling me, that only food and drinks become tummy and not utensils. And therefore, since they will forget the Baraisa and this, this Mishnah won't make sense to them, it will be very hard for them to keep it. So basically it means that they will forget 
the clear explanations of Allah. And they will forget a lot of the prices. Fine. Imagine this, I mean, the practice say this is like an example, because once this price was recorded in the Gemara and the Gemara was printed, then, uh, uh, then the, the, the Gemara is, we have it, we're not going to forget this Gemara. It's more, I guess, that style of things, Svaris in Halacha, that were passed on from generation to generation, those things become unclear, and therefore a lot of Halachas become unclear. Now this is all the Rabbi Seinu and Yavne and Rav. However, Tani Rabbi Shimon Yichayimer Chas V'sholim Shadishtak Echterim Yisrael, this is never going to happen. Shenemar Kilesishachach Mipizari. There was a passage that they brought earlier that they're going to search for Hashem's word. The law, Yimtzu, they're not going to find it. It's not so clear what this is saying, but it seems like they will not have, it seems like even in one place, all over in Halacha, you will not have the Halacha in other words, the explanation and the set halacha very clear. So some people explain the means to say which is you always have to search in a few places. When you learn that, it's a gemara, you come to a conclusion, then you find a different gemara, which is the exact opposite, and you have to like put the two together. Or even today, you have it in shulchanaruch, you learn that then you find it was a random thing in a different simon, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it throws you off. So you won't find things clear in one place. And therefore, though everything is there, all the information will be recorded. The information won't be lost. But since the clarity will be lost, because you don't have it clear in one place, they'll still be like trying to figure out what's the halacha, what's the halacha, and they'll be troubled. As we see till today, and with everything recorded and everything, you have search engines and everything else, still there are many halachas which are very unclear and have many different opinions because, because it's very hard to come to clarity in halacha from, from learning the place where the halacha is. You can always know someone found something that, you know, throws off the whole building and therefore things remain unclear. So although information won't be forgotten, but nevertheless, there'll be a lack of clarity. To summarize, we learned about a curtain you're allowed to put up uh, because it's not, a, it's, not, it's not a tent, it's only a wall and not a steady wall. You're allowed to put up this kilas chasanim, so either because it doesn't have a roof, unlike regular kilas, regular canopies, or it's just like a regular canopy, but it's set up already. Since it's set up already, again, it does not have a, 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 a straight uh, roof as a tefach, as the Gemara will say, but besides that, it's also set up already, you're just pulling it down, and therefore it's okay. Now, the three conditions that everyone agrees to, that this canopy has to have, it cannot have a flat roof, even for a tefach. It cannot have a, a space of a tefach within three tefach from the, from, the, from the tip of this canopy. And at no point, even below the bed or below the chair, it cannot go straight. The wall cannot go straight for a tefach. It must go in an angle entirely. There's one more detail which is hard to understand that many of didn't agree to, that the width of any of these sides, any of these walls cannot be more than a tefach if you measure it flat which basically means the bottom cannot have more than two tefachim space. Fine. Which that was a hard to understand, and therefore many, many Rishon did not accept that in the Gemara. Then we had about a, a hat with a, what do you call it, with a brim, a hat with a brim. So it sounds like it's a problem, but to put a talus is not a problem. 
So Taos is not a problem because it's floppy. Is there a problem with the hat with the brim? So according to national, there's never a problem. The whole problem with the hat is that it has to be tight on your head, which is true. A hat must be tight on your head. If it's if it could fall off easily, it's a problem to wear it on Shabbos. It must be tight that it won't easily fall off by the wind, because then you might come to carry it. But besides that, according to many Rishonim, and that's the halacha, there's a problem with wearing a brim which is intended to protect from sun or from anything else, from rain, as long as it's firm. Some say only if it's flat. But if it's firm, or definitely if it's flat, and it's intended to protect, it's a problem to wear it in Shabbos. However, if that's not the intention, it's not a problem. And if it is the intention, still there are those that are mekel, and therefore you don't be moich on someone who's wearing it. Then there was a question that there's someone wanted to find out three things that Rav said. And then Rav said two about Shabbos, one in the Torah, so said like this. One thing is that it's good. You can only put up with two people, not with one person. So either means this pouch that you're spreading out in order to, to keep it fresh. So two people could leave it a bit loose. One person would make it tight in order to spread it out. And that's more similar to a tent. Or we're talking about a curtain. Only two people could put it up. One person might spread it out, a tefach straight, and there'll be a problem. Only by a curtain, not by anything else. And then we had about this kira, a cooker, that if one of the legs fell out, but it's possible to push it strongly back in, but it's not allowed on Shabbos, you're not allowed to move around this cooker on, on, on Shabbos, even if you need to use it space or you use it for something permitted, because you might come to push it in on Shabbos, and if you push it in firmly, it's boina. And then we spoke about another thing, the third thing he said in Torah, Hashem will punish Yidin with something very strong, the Hifla, what is that? So, Rav and Rabbi Sinan and Yavna said for different reasons that it's referring to forgetting Torah. Now, this does not mean forgetting Torah, as in Torah Shabbat it does not mean forgetting Mishnayis. It means forgetting Brises, according to this explanation, and therefore having trouble understanding many halachis, and therefore it won't be clear. It won't be clear. There's a, the Rabbi Sinan and Yavna brought it from a Pasuk and Nevoah and Yishaya, that they're going to be searching for Devar Hashem, which means they'll be searching for Alocha, for Nevoah, and for knowing when Mashiach comes, and they won't be able to figure it out, and that they'll be all lost because of that. Um, so the example they're being that they'll forget is why when a bread is stuck in the oven, and a sheret fell into the oven, and it makes the oven tummy, why is the bread a second category of tuminata first? Why don't we look as if this sheret filled the whole oven? So the answer will be that there's a proof that it doesn't, it doesn't fill up the whole oven because it doesn't make kalim tummy. But that's in a brysa, and they'll forget that brysa. And therefore, they won't, they won't understand this. Allah will be very hard for them to remember this. And Rav says, no, they're not going to forget anything. All information will be recorded and won't be lost. The thing is, they will not have a clarity because they will not have clear reasoning in one place. So as many explained, they'll have to search in many places in order to figure something out. And... And uh, therefore, there'll be lack of clarity of Allah, although the information will be all recorded.